You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. All right, everyone, it's time for the next episode of the Ice Cold Takes podcast. Today, we'll talk about the trade deadline and if the Rangers should make any moves. Also, the boys are starting to make a push for the playoffs, so let's start with that. Kriakos, Mika Zibanejad, Ryan Strom, Pavel Buchnevich, Artemi Panarin and company have all been putting up points recently. Big points, huge points. This is literally what we've been asking for since the beginning of the season, and you know, it's the results are starting to show the Rangers are getting wins. I think they got like five wins in their past seven games. They're on a three game winning streak right now. And at the time of recording, this is before the second of the back to back against the Flyers. So we'll see what happens in this game. But I think the Rangers are starting to play well and come together. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, we, <clears throat> we talked about it um, last season where when we got on that big playoff run. Our, big, our top guys are producing and they're producing a lot for us. And I think that's what, what needed to happen for us to kind of get away from that mediocre hockey or like kind of back and forth hockey we've been playing. Um, so those guys putting up points is huge for us. And you see that. Look, like we've been scoring goals up the freaking wazoo. <laughs> like it, it's they're, they're just all super talented. It just they just needed to kind of break that initial kind of push and now they're the floodgates have opened and they're they're just rolling like who would have ever thought Buchnevich I would have never thought Buchnevich 31 points this season already wow. like I would have never thought that's crazy yeah so, that's good. so this is they're playing great hockey I love that our big guys are stepping up and our young guys are playing well as well as well <laughs> yeah they've been they've been doing really well they've been doing well all season and they're continuing to play well, even though they're not getting as many minutes now, which look now, look, the funny part is now that they're not getting minutes, but we're winning. Nobody seems to care. Nobody seems to open their mouth. Oh, come on. Play our younger guys. Play our younger guys. Nobody seems to care at all. Everything is better. Everything's better when you're winning. And I think, I think that just shows you that, you know, the fan base wants to win yeah. rather than just tank a season. No one wants to tank a season. And speaking of tanking, the NHL, this is just off, off subject, off topic. The NHL changed their uh, draft lottery rules to limit it to only two lottery picks. Um, that, I, I think, is I, – I don't, I don't agree with that, to be honest. I mean, yeah, if you have, like a, like, a historically bad team and they don't get the first overall pick, that's a problem. But I think – having the lottery system that was in place defeats the purpose of tanking. So, you know, and that's a good thing because we don't, you don't want teams purposely losing. Uh, it's just a bad image for the sport. It's not good. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah. The, the 
the guys are, like Zibanejad, just crazy, crazy points. Six points against the Flyers in consecutive games is like the first time in history. Uh, and if you look at the, the past two games, the game against Buffalo and then the game against Philly, this first one, the Rangers scored 13 goals in the past two games. Yeah. Nuts. Incredible. Yeah. So, you know, okay, yeah, go ahead. Wait, first I want to say something about um, the lottery. Like, right. I don't – I don't know how like they make this rule after the Rangers like start winning the lottery. Like Buffalo has won the lottery. Oilers have won the lottery like times on end, bro. Like three, four years consecutively. And now they want to say something when the Rangers do it when the Rangers didn't even tank though. I will say Buffalo has been screwed a bunch of times though. They've won it maybe a couple of times, but But, they always finish at the bottom of the league. Okay. But that's the thing. Like, we talked about this before, like the teams that tank don't get rewarded. Like, so you're not, you're not enticing teams to tank because teams have seen that if you tank, you're necessarily not going to win the lottery because, because of the way it's set up, but we didn't tank and we won. So that just shows you that the current system is not helping teams take or making teams tank in order to win the draft. Because like in football, if you have the worst record, I think you win the lottery automatic. There's no lottery in football. If you have right, the okay. record, you get the first overall. Right, exactly. So that that is enticing teams to to tank. Right. Because you're telling them if you have the worst record in the league, you're going to get this pick no matter what. But that's not how it is in the NHL. So I don't see why you need to change it. Like any any like team that's at the bottom of the standings in the NFL, it's basically an automatic loss. And I don't know how the Jets did this, but they beat a playoff team. Yeah, and they they suffered. They they were in the they were in position to get the first overall pick, but now they have the second overall pick. Yeah, people are mad about that. I'm not because uh, I I don't care about <laughs> or whatever. But, you know. but also, this is going back to Zabenajad. He um I saw this stat. He him and Gretzky are the only two players in NHL history to score two natural hat tricks and have three or more assists in one game wow really so like yeah yeah so <laughs> no one has because because that's an insane stat like to have a natural hat trick and have three or more assists like they're the only two players to have done that twice that is that is nuts that's <laughs> not, like the the amount of potential offensively for Zabanaja it's just it's through the roof yeah yeah. There's a reason why he was drafted so high in 2011. And mm-hmm. I mean, it, he just never developed into it in Ottawa. Somehow something clicked with the Rangers. I think it was his worth e- work ethic that, that changed him. Well, it's and also the culture. Point. Like, I mean, in Ottawa, I don't think it's too bad. Actually, when, uh, when, he first, when he was first there, they were a good team. Right. But they kind of fell off a cliff and then um, – What's his name? Wasn't wasn't it in Ottawa when they had those bunch of players in the uh, in the cab? That was after he got traded. I was after, yeah, but like that that's still like the the sort of environment that he was in. So like, if you're in an environment where players aren't aren't getting along with coaches and and like just morale is down, like a player's not going to progress in a system like that. So for him to get out of that um, was good, and you you could see that like he he's been amazing for us and yeah I, I remember that chart it was like it was one of those advanced analytics charts it was like 
um, expected goals for um, like versus like how many goals they actually scored. And Zibanejad was like one of the worst because they expected him to score a crap ton of goals. I guess he just wasn't putting in his and and he wasn't he wasn't getting in those stats. But now I'm assuming it's it might be back there. But uh, I think I think he'll, he'll I think it was like I forget how many goals it was. But honestly, I think he'll catch it at this point. Like he's been going crazy. Yeah, no, he's 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 tearing it up recently, and that this is this is great news. But I like I said on one of the post game reactions, I said if the Rangers want to make a push for the playoffs, they got to start relying on the top guys more and less on the younger guys like Lafreniere, Gauthier, Heedle, Kako. Although Kako's in the top six because he's been playing well recently. Uh, I think Hedl scored a goal at the end of uh, last game. It was a nice play by Lafreniere, a little uh, cheeky play. Threw it off the goalie's pads. I and, thought Lafreniere uh, got that one. I, I think they credited it to uh, to Hedl, but okay. the, he banged it in at, like, the last second. Right. So it was pretty much Lafreniere's goal, but Hedl got credit for it. Um, but anyways, the trade deadline is coming up April 12th, a few weeks out. Um, I don't see the Rangers making any moves. I think this core of guys is great. Uh, I don't think they they have enough cap space to make a move, and I don't know who they would move if they wanted to. Like, are you going to trade Howden? Like, you're not going to get anything back if you if you trade Howden. Yeah, I agree with you. <clears throat> the only thing I don't know I don't know about him. I don't think he would be too valuable to to a team. Maybe maybe to like a team like maybe Detroit. I don't know, but who do they have that we would use? Nemesnikov? <laughs> Again? Yeah, so the only the only sort of moves I can see them making right now are moves in anticipation of the of the the uh, expansion draft. Right. So yeah. Make some sort of move so that you protect the certain guys that you want, and then you have the guys um that you didn't necessarily want on that block for them to take back to Seattle. But um, those are the only type of moves I can see them making. We talked about this with Tony when he was on. Like, you saw that during the offseason, they didn't make too many moves because they understood that this is the team they want to roll forward with and this is the team they trust. um, And this is the team they want to win a cup for them. So they're going to stick with this group. They're not going to make too many huge trades, I don't think. Um, Eichel's not happening right now. No, no. It's not <laughs> um, don't get your hopes up with that. Yeah, uh, maybe in the off season, um, depending on certain situation, but um, I don't think too many big moves. Yeah, I, and I don't want them to make any big moves to be honest, because I don't think we're sellers either. We're not trying to sell. Nope. Because we're trying to make a playoff push ourselves, and we're not trying to buy because we can't risk it on a season like this where we don't even know if we're going to make the playoffs. So um, I think we're in, we're in good territory right now. Um, just continue to push for that playoff uh, position and go from there. I don't think we need to make any moves right now. Like you said, I agree hundred percent on paper. This team can definitely make the playoffs. They have the chance. I think it's good enough. It's just, you know, the teams in front of them, Boston's got 37 points right now, but they have three games in hand and the Rangers and the Flyers are tied, but the Rangers own the tiebreaker. I believe because of the season series, they, they own it. Uh, they, they take that. 
So Boston can essentially get six more points, which would put them at 43 points to the Rangers 34. So what the Rangers need to do is just worry about their games. Don't worry about Boston. Don't worry about the Islanders or the Penguins or the Capitals or the Flyers. I mean, obviously, if you're playing the Flyers, yes, worry about them. You want to win the game. But what I'm saying is don't, you, don't worry about relying on other teams to bail you out at this point. The dust, they, they, have to win, they have to win as many games as they can before they, you start thinking about it. Yeah, the, the losses for those teams are nice, but it's not going to matter until they catch up with the games played because they got the games in hand. Yeah, so, you know what? Yeah. I, for me, the, the most crazy team to see up there in the top three is the Penguins. Yeah, I would have never no, expected right. that. Yeah, I didn't expect. I don't think any of us expected that. We we pre- all predicted that the three teams to be the toss up were the Rangers, the Islanders, and the Penguins. Yeah, but now it's the Rangers, the Bruins, the Rangers, and Flyers. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't the th- awesome to be down there. Yeah, me neither. I mean, the thing about Boston, they had a couple of games postponed and stuff like that. So they played almost three or four games less than most of the other teams in the division. But um, to be honest, I they haven't played as well as they can. No, uh, no. When when we played them that second time in that back-to-back, we absolutely demolished them. Like, we dismantled them. And they had no answer for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... Uh, what was I going to say? So the Penguins, the first two games we played them, we we easily could have won both of those games. We were talking about this before, right? Yeah. Like we, we, we played sound hockey and just a couple bounces went the wrong way and we lost those games. The third time we played them, or maybe the, the most recent time we played them, I think they looked like a much, much, much better team. Mm-hmm. They, they were faster. They were harder on the puck. They were just beating us in every category and they looked good, bro. From, from what I saw in the beginning of the season till now, they've definitely progressed a lot. Um, Their veterans are producing, their younger guys are producing. They have a couple guys having their first NHL games recently scoring in their, their first games. They've been, they've been going off recently. Um, I hope that, that it kind of slows down. But uh, I th- I don't know. I-, I think they might be a lock at this point, the way they're playing right now. At some point earlier in the season, I believe, they were banged up on the blue line and they had to sign um, – oh, my gosh, what was his name? I forget his name, but he, he used to – he played a long time ago in the NHL or whatever, and he- now he's back. Uh, but anyways, they-, they were so banged up on the blue line, and uh, now I think their guys are, like, fully recovered. So, you know, they're pretty much at full strength and they're, they're playing up to their potential, I guess. But yeah. like you said, Boston is really surprising me. I thought for sure they'd be, you know, top of the, top of the standings, not even, not even top of our division, top of the league, like competing for president's trophy. I believe the, the Lightning, right, are the best team. We'll, we'll, give, we'll give a little, uh, little insight into uh, what's going on around the league. Yes. The the league, um, oh, it's not showing me the league. It's just saying, like, uh, it's going to be divisions. Yeah, Lightning are, are first place. The leaders in each division in the Central, it's Tampa Bay, Carolina, Florida, Chicago. In the East, Washington, the Islanders, Pittsburgh, and uh, the Bruins. 
in the West. It's Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota, St. Louis, and in the Canadian division, the North, it's Toronto, Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Montreal. Montreal looks like it's, it's like falling off a cliff. They just traded for Eric Stahl. Uh, I wonder how he's going to do there after being in the hellhole in Buffalo. Dude, nine OT losses they have. That's Montreal. crazy. Yeah, yeah. They just recently won their first game in overtime. That's insane. That's, yeah, yeah. And uh, but, um, Buffalo is still on that losing streak. 16, bro. <laughs> on here it says I, they lost eight in a row. Maybe. Eight? maybe yeah. I don't know. Maybe they got a win in there somewhere, but they've just been struggling mightily. Uh, if they don't get the first overall pick, then that's like, that's probably going to be a problem because, you know, that's, that's not good. Even Detroit's got 20 points. They don't even have 20. They don't have 10 wins to save. <laughs> Six wins, bro. Trade, Taylor Hall's trade value is taking a massive hit because he's not playing well at all. Yeah, that's even more bad news. Nobody's playing well on their team. They can't. They can't do anything, bro. They're stuck in a rut. Yep. Yeah. But um, I was gonna say something. So what? Looking at the Rangers' play so far this season, with all the ups and downs, obviously the five or six game, um, good stretch we've had, three game win streak. What grade do you give the Rangers so far, um, this season? Like on a, on like an A to F scale. Overall, yeah, overall, whole season. Mm, this is tough. Um, it's the, the grade has definitely gone up since they started winning games. That's okay. definitely made a difference in my mind. Defensively, they've made great strides. The stat I told you was crazy. I'm not an analytics guy. Uh, we've said this multiple times on this podcast. But one thing that I know is like, this is this is very it's significant it's very important and you shouldn't ignore it is last year the rangers expected goals against was like worst in the one of the worst in the league it was like 30th i was listening to vince mercogliano's podcast and he had a uh, evolving wild on and he was talking about that but this year they're like one of the best teams in expected goals against so the least amount of goals against Yes, the least yeah. amount of goals against right. expected, and that's an incredible improvement. I think defensively, analytics can be can be helpful because it can it shows you exactly when there's that clear of a difference from one year to the next. You know, you made an improvement. Have we have we kept up to those standards though? Like I know those are expected goals for goals against, but like have we been playing up to that standard? Like I don't know if we've actually given up the same amount of goals that they think we were going to give up. You know what I mean? Um, kind of. Uh, like, it's just last year, the system was even – I'm going to use the eye test as evidence. Like, they last year, they were all over the place. You know, in the beginning of the year, two-on-ones every single time, defensemen pinching in when they didn't need to, people falling down. Yeah, we hated rough, bro. What? That was all Ruff's defensive system. I hated that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Lindy Ruff. Yes. Um, that was that was good. And then uh, Jocks Martin comes in and, you know, it's like structured now. It's not perfect. They still make mistakes, 
You know, it was always weird. This is something I noticed. I think this was before the Quinn era. This was like Elaine Vigneault, um, and maybe even Tortorella before him. But they would do this thing. Like I, I played defense my whole life, pretty much, and we're always taught. Um, so let's say let's say the puck goes into the to the left side corner, right? Um, that left defenseman on that side is going to go on the boards and pressure that player, right? Wherever he wants to move him. He wants to move him down the boards. Mm -hmm. He wants to move him off the boards. Just you're on that puck right there. And then the right defenseman is in front of the net um, trying to get rid of that, that, uh, what's it, that back net pass, um, get rid of the screen. Um, you're just in front of the net to get anyone that is in front of the net out of there or cover them but this thing the rangers would do is they would kind of send both defensemen at that guy or they would send they would send in the left defenseman and then the right defenseman would kind of be like much closer to him supporting him and then they would have this center drawn down a lot deeper which that center is supposed to be in the slot he's supposed to be guarding the slot he's supposed to be guarding the high slot too if the puck goes down low he's supposed to move down low with it um but it was just such a weird system where I would see both defensemen on the puck sometimes, and I would just be mind boggled. Mm -hmm. They would chase a little bit. Yeah. And, like and I mean, it worked like, I, I mean, I'm not too learned on every single system of hockey, so I might be missing something, but I was always taught like your, your partner's, your partner's behind the net or he's in the corners, you're in front of the net. And, and then let's say, Let's say that player is going from the left side um, underneath the hash marks, and then he's going behind the net. You have to communicate with your partner. You tell him, hey, 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 you stay on him, and I'll go to the front of the net, or you switch. So let's say that left defenseman is there, but now the player is going to where the right defenseman should be covering. Either that defenseman stays with him, and then you take his position, or – you switch and you take the player, you start guarding the player and then you move to the front of the net. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it, it, that was something weird that I always picked up of. I, I, I haven't seen it recently. Um, Cause I haven't been looking at the games the same way. Like I kind of just watch them casually now, but that was just something I noticed. I thought was pretty weird. Yeah. I, I didn't, I never noticed that. I think now that you mention it, I think Fox and Lindgren play it well. Right. Like, you know, they, they're, they communicate well. If yeah, dude, that's that's the biggest thing on defense, especially you got to communicate. You got to let each other know what you're doing. And that's uh, probably why, like, they're so successful, why they're so good, why we love them so much. But it's also it's also the amount of time they've been playing with each other. Like you start to get in rhythms with guys. You start to know where their sticks going to be. You start to know how they like their passes to them. You, you start to gain this knowledge kind of. Um, in the back of your head, you're not necessarily thinking about it, but just because you're 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 playing with these guys all the time, you're um, doing these drills with them in practice every single day. Like you start to get into a rhythm and you start to understand how that player likes to play, and you both kind of mold around each other. And I think that's what happened with Fox and Lindgren. Like you see, like behind the net passes, D to D passes on the blue line. Like you know where to give him that puck. Like some players like to walk into it. Some players like it right on their stick and then like to play with it. Like it, there's so many different like little intricacies that go into playing as a defensive partner. Um, and you really need to culminate a relationship. Like that's why 
Fox and Lindgren are so good is because they're good off the ice and on the ice, you know? Um, so just having that chemistry between them and developing that chemistry is extremely important with your forward lines too. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. why I hate the shuffling of the lines because nobody can develop the chemistry with each other. Right. Right. But it's, you guys, you, they, they play with people they've never played before. Exactly. But like, don't they, they should probably like mix up the lines and practice. If you're going to do that in the game, be ready to play with whoever right that's, exactly that's i think in my mind like y- y- in practice shuffle the lines or whatever play with everybody you know what i yeah. mean run some drills not not the majority i'm saying like a, like a few drills here and there like okay change it up so that they that you have the chemistry and can go to it if you need it right like i mean me growing up it was always you kind of had your line set maybe some guys would move up a line move down a line but Overall, your lines are pretty much the same um, with the exception of one or two guys moving up or let's say like a, a D pair was playing well, they would be bumped up to, to the to the pair beforehand, but they would move as a unit like they wouldn't bump one player up and keep the other one down. You know what I mean? Like everyone had their role. Um, but I don't know. I feel like it's, it's kind of tough for these players to kind of develop what their role is and kind of know where they stand with the team. But I don't know if it's working, it's working. I, I'm not one to say because I don't know what's going on in the locker room, but. Well, we're still waiting on uh, David Quinn to come back. The assistant coach and defensive coach or uh, Jacques Martin came back. Uh, Greg Brown was back, but he was in the press box. Uh, David Oliver were waiting on and David Quinn was still waiting on. So we'll, we'll have to see when they come back from COVID. But uh, to answer your question from before, your initial question, what grade would I give the Rangers this season? I'd give them a B. What about you? I was on that brink. I would I would honestly say maybe like a, a C plus, B minus. C plus, B minus. Yeah, I was thinking B minus too. But, I mean, their, their play recently has been good. And I can't ignore the, the defensive aspect of, of their game. That's fair. Honestly, it's, been, it's been way, way better than it was last year. Like, Truba has been – way better he still makes mistakes lots of mistakes this year but not nearly as many in my eyes from what i've seen as last year no i'm loving truba's game i, I love the way he plays so i'm, if, I'm happy if, with him if you just put more points up then i'll be totally fine with him because it's the contract that bothers me it's eight million dollars he just he came off of a 50 point season with the jets and when we signed him that de- to that deal so i want him to get more points uh, just to you know, make me feel better about the contract. <laughs> I know, I know he's good defensively. He's got a good shot, but like, I want him to get more points. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, that that's a daunting number, bro. Like, it, it, we're paying him a lot of money. He should be producing, but he's doing well. Um, he's he's being a good mentor to our younger guys as well. So, um, even though he's young himself, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, he's even thirty yet. Yeah, so that that's. He's I, I like him. I think he's worlds up um, from last year. But um, yeah, I, I'd say maybe a B minus, leaning B minus, because I think expectations going to, into the season for our younger guys were pretty high. Um, we thought Kako was going to burst out. We thought Lafreniere was going to have a Calder winning uh, rookie season. So um, in terms of that, I would just say like, we haven't kind of led up to that standard, mm-hmm. but I think we've still been playing well. Um, there's definitely room to improve. 
Um, but yeah, I think overall, overall, our special teams has been good. I can't complain about our special teams. Like our power play at some points gets a little uh, um, stagnant. They start not moving around and they start kind of just doing the motions out there. But our, our PK has been insanely good. Mm-hmm. Um, power play was good in the last game. Yeah, I mean, you you put in eight goals, it's gonna be. <laughs> yeah, but like it was before, it was before like you know the floodgates open. Like the third goal was was uh, the third of eight goals was a power play goal. Zabanejad had a one timer. Yeah, he had two, two one timers. Yeah, one in near Ovi's office, and then one in the slot. Mm-hmm. Complete the hat trick, dude. That was just like. There's just like nobody in front of the net for them, bro. Like you even saw with the the Strom goal, the first goal, literally just by himself in front of the net. Like, like what are you doing? Yeah, like they, it wasn't enough of an effort to deflect or you know block the pass from Panarin. It was perfect pass, by the way. Yeah, but like he was literally in front of an empty net, like right. like fully empty. Like I'm not even talking like half empty. Like the goalie was all the way on the other side. Yeah. Strom literally in the crease with the puck. Like, like, what is going on? We take those. Yeah, I'll take those all day. Bro. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yep. Uh, and then another thing, uh, the final thing I'm going to say before we, we wrap it up, uh, Adam Fox has been gaining, like, a lot of talk on Twitter, mostly from Rangers fans, as always, because, you know, they're hyping him up and they want him to be in consideration for the Norris Trophy. It's not not ready, not now, not now. He's not. I think he should. He should get votes. I would vote. I think he should be the. I think he should win the trophy. To be honest, I don't. Wow, think, really? Yeah, I don't think there's any other defenseman that's like that, that as good. I mean, Dowdy's having a renaissance year this year. <laughs> like he's he's doing amazing. But everyone forgets about Adam Fox. I don't know why. Don't know why. I mean, he's he's still young, bro. I mean, yeah, I think I'm not I'm not down in my mind. Before his career is over, I think he'll win at least one Norris Trophy. Believe me, I agree. He's he's a extremely good defenseman, but like, honestly, I kind of get pissed off for all these Ranger fans. They're like, "Yo, super elite, super elite, best defenseman I've ever seen play the game." Like, okay, that might be true, but like, like kind of pipe down, like, like, like. Just like don't hype him up too much yet. Just like calm down. Super elite. See where it like, goes. Like there's a there's there's a lot of defensemen in that category. There's legends in in a category like that. Nick Lidstrom, like Chara in his prime, Brian Leach, Bobby Orr, Chris Chelios, Chris Pronger. Like those are all Bro, look I mean, at a guy like like John Carlson. In that company already. He's only two years in. I That's know he's amazing. Saying. He's he's amazing. I love him. But you got to – he's hes really young. Also, it's, like, a defenseman like John Carlson, his whole career hasn't won a Norris. Like, he he's definitely should have won a couple, won a couple. Like, he's a fantastic defenseman. I think no matter how much praise that guy gets, he's underrated, bro. I love his game. Yep. He's, he's, he's amazing defensively, could put the body on you whenever the hell he wants. He can get around you whenever the hell he wants. He, he, he magician with the puck that guy that guy is fantastic and i think fox is a similar sort of player he's gritty down in corners like great defensively i haven't seen too many slip ups from him defensively this season and he'll 
he'll tiptoe that blue line till his uh till his feet go numb, bro. He's he's fantastic on the power play with the puck. Oh, the way he moves God. it, his vision on the ice. Like there's sometimes I was I was listening to listening to Knobloch talk about him. And it's so true because I was thinking about this beforehand. It's just like I see him sometimes. There's like a dead play. Like like most of the times you'll see a player in a situation like this just dump the puck in or kind of just like throw it up the boards or just like blindly pass it to one of his teammates. But if Fox is found in a situation like that, he makes a, he makes a play that you just cannot see ha- that you just like never would have thought could have happened. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he's just a player – he holds the offensive blue line so well. Like he holds the puck in. There was a play against Philly where he was, he had someone pressuring him and I thought he was going to get knocked out of the zone, but he ends up stepping around the guy. They ended up calling it offsides, but I didn't agree with the call and neither did Fox. It looked to me like the puck was stayed on the blue line, but I had no idea how he was able to get around the defender, the, the guy that was on him. Yeah. No idea. But Dude. He skated around him. Dude, I'm telling you. Literally this much room. Like, like you could fit a paper between him and like the defender. There's like no room whatsoever. And he was <laughs> he was up against the boards too, like on the on the right side uh, by the glass. And he moved towards the center of the ice. Yeah, I'm telling you. Sometimes, like I, I played the I played defense. I played on the power play. And sometimes I see him get the puck in a sort sort of position with a player sort of pressuring him. Um, and I'm like. Dude, run that around the boards, bro. Dump that in, dump that in. And then he makes some absurd play and gets around into the middle of the ice and has like an open shot or an open pass. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like unbelievable. Unbelievable. I don't I don't understand. You make something out of nothing. Yep. A lot of the time. All right. So that about does it for us on the Ice Cold Takes podcast. Uh if you're listening to this before the game. Uh, just wanted to say enjoy the game uh, let's let's go Rangers and uh, let's get another dub and make it four, four in a row yes sir thanks everyone for tuning in stay tuned for more New York Rangers info by visiting boysandblue94.com and our Instagram at theboysandblue94 see you all next time you don't have to go home but you can't stay here